Welcome back, Giants fans. So today we're going to talk about the 2022 Giants season, but specifically the offensive side of the ball and reasons that we should be excited for the Giants offense in 2022. Not to say we're going to be the Kansas City Chiefs or the Buffalo Bills themselves, but the Giants do have reasons and Giants fans do have reasons to be excited about this offense for next season. Of course, things have to go right. Daniel Jones has to take a step forward, which I think he will. The receiving weapons have to stay healthy, Saquon Barkley included, the offensive line. Evan Neal, can he play well as a rookie? Those things do matter, but this Giants offense can't get any worse, let's be honest. So that is definitely something to be positive about. But we'll go over some reasons why I have some optimism about this Giants offense for this upcoming season. Hopefully you guys enjoy the video. Leave a like, it always helps out. And please leave a review for the podcast, MTN Giants Podcast. I don't have that many reviews on there, so anything five stars, anything nice you have to say would be appreciated. But anyway, hope you guys enjoy the video and let's get into it. So number one, it just starts with philosophy. We know the whole Daniel Jones story. In 2019, Pat Sherman was a big reason the Giants drafted Daniel Jones. Of course, Dave Gettleman and Sean Mara signed off on the idea. They took Daniel Jones sixth overall, and Pat Shermer had Daniel Jones in his offense in his rookie year, and Daniel Jones had 24 touchdowns in 12 games. Yes, he had like 19 fumbles and 12 interceptions. The turnovers were not good, but we did see enough high-end plays from Daniel Jones to go, hey, there might be something here. 2019 happens. The Giants go 4-12 that year. Pat Shermer's gone after year two and one year of Daniel Jones. Then they bring in Joe Judge. They bring in Jason Garrett. And Jason Garrett does a complete 180 with Daniel Jones and goes, look, I want you to reel it in. I want you to focus on not turning the ball over. We're going to keep things short. We are not going to put you or the football in harm's way. We want you to get rid of the ball quickly. Things of that nature. And Daniel Jones just did not look that great the past couple years. I have to be honest. That's why I can't get mad when fans don't have faith in Daniel Jones to turn his whole career around. I mean, I'm in that group as well. I don't expect Daniel Jones to come out next year and throw for 40 touchdowns. It would be great, but I'm not expecting that because the past couple years, we have not seen that many great things. And I went back to his rookie year. There were a lot of turnovers, but if they can find that common ground of high-end plays but take away most of those rookie year turnovers then Daniel Jones could be fine and actually could end up being the franchise quarterback of the Giants assuming everything breaks the right way anyway back to philosophy and how the Giants want to call this offense Brian Dable had some quotes about Daniel Jones now he wants him to approach the game as a quarterback and he went on to say this yeah look we want to make sure we protect the ball but again you can't go out there and play afraid be smart not reckless if you will if he's got a shot on the right read let it go. So Brian Dable has endorsed the idea of Daniel Jones playing more freely and taking more risk, especially in practice. OTAs, why not? Like those interceptions and turnovers don't count towards anything. You might as well see what Daniel Jones can and can't do from a head coaching perspective if you're Brian Dable, even Mike Kafka, the OC, and see what this guy can and can't do. So I like the idea. I actually love the idea of letting Daniel Jones just let it loose in, in you know, even preseason training camp, you know, whatever, OTAs, it doesn't matter. Let Daniel Jones show you what he can do. Fitting balls into tight windows, you know, hitting a guy deep, throwing deep corner routes, things like that. Show you, show the coaches what he can do. So I love this idea. And hopefully by the time September comes around, the Giants coaching staff, who of course they're, you know, new to Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones is new to them. They're going to realize, okay, our quarterback can do this 
He can do these things, but he can't do these certain things. The Giants and Brian Dable will have an understanding of what Daniel Jones likes to do and what he doesn't like to do, so or what things he has to work on, I should say. So anyway, I love the philosophy so far, but of course the fear is that with a young player like Daniel Jones, who I believe is 25 years old, he's entering year four, he's been coached already two different ways. This is his third different head coach now. The first coach gave him a long leash and let him basically do what he wanted to do. Of course, it did result in a lot of turnovers, and the past couple years for Daniel Jones, year two, year three, he was taught to not turn the ball over and don't put the ball in harm's way and don't take chances, don't take risk. The Giants, of course, were pretty much dead last in explosive plays the past couple of years, as we know. So Daniel Jones was taught, look, don't put the ball in harm's way. But now we're going back to the 2019 version of Daniel Jones, and now they want him to take more chances. So I'm sure he's all messed up in the head because of this, because Daniel Jones has been taught to play basically three different ways in a span of four years. So it's going to be difficult. So now we're going to go over some more reasons to be excited for this Giants offense next year and just compare some of the Bills' advanced numbers on offense to the Giants' advanced numbers in the 2021 season. Obviously, the Giants' offense was dreadful last year. Part of it was injuries, Daniel Jones being one of them, and having Mike Glennon be part of this, and even, um, who was the other guy that started for us? Oh my gosh, who was the other quarterback? I forget his name. He was on the Bills, Jake Fromm. That's, I, I wanted to say like Jake Locker for some reason, but I'm like, no, that's definitely not it. So anyway, all right, so explosive pass plays according to Sharp Football. Some websites have explosive plas, uh, pass plays over 15 yards, some do it 20 plus yards, but either way, it's a good thing regardless. So the 2021 Bills had 60 explosive pass plays. That was 12th best in the NFL. The Giants, can you guess where they were ranked last year? Dead last. And if you guessed that, you were right. 32nd in the NFL with 31 explosive pass plays. So the Giants basically had half the amount the Bills had last year, which is just dreadful. Now, of course, there is context having a quarterback like a Josh Allen, who's top five in the league, having Stephon Diggs, having Gabriel Davis. It's going to help. Even Dawson Knox had some big plays for them. Those things are going to help. Compare it to an offense that had Jason Garrett calling the plays, Daniel Jones, a quarterback, and injured Kenny Galladay at some points. Kadarius Tony was out and hampered at some point. Sterling Shepard, it was, it's not a direct comparison, but it does go to show you that they want to push the ball down the field. That's what they did in Buffalo. There's more stats supporting that as this video goes on. Now, as for explosive run plays, the Bills in 2021 had 68 explosive run plays. That was tied for fourth best in the NFL. And let's be honest, the Bills did not have a great offensive line or a great running back. I mean, their running back room was Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, guys that were like third and fourth round picks in the NFL draft in back-to-back -back years. They're fine players, but not Saquon Barkley uh, level whatsoever talent-wise. Matt Breda was in there, the current Giants uh, second string running back. So yeah, I mean, they had some decent running backs to Bills, but those guys were not Saquon Barkley level. Even Saquon Barkley at this point in his career, coming off, what, three straight years of being hurt and injured, I would still take Saquon Barkley over those guys 10 times out of 10, with all due respect, as Mark Jackson would say. But anyway, the Giants in 2021 had 37 explosive run plays. Once again, the Bills had 68. The Giants were tied for 30th in the NFL in explosive run plays. And obviously, with Devontae Booker having a better year than Saquon Barkley last year, that's pretty much all you have to know about the Giants' run game last year. But this is not as much, you know, this doesn't need as much context as the passing situation. Going from Josh Allen to Daniel Jones, Stephon Diggs to Kenny Galladay, those are big differences, but I feel like the Bills run game compared to the Giants run game this upcoming season 
it's not that much different. Obviously, versus a guy like Josh Allen, it's tough to stack the box. There may be more opportunities with a more open running lanes and better running opportunities, but the Giants and the Bills offensive line from last year could be somewhat comparable. Of course, guys on the Giants have to play up to their standard. Andrew Thomas has to stay healthy. The Giants have to have a pretty decent left guard, a decent center. You know, I'm fine with our right guard, right tackle, left tackle situation, assuming those guys stay healthy, but the center left guard spots, we'll see how that goes. But the Giants, I think there's no reason why the Giants can't run the ball at a pretty effective rate next year. Having three above average offensive linemen, at least, and I think Thomas is very close to elite. I think Evan Neal's going to have a really good rookie season. Glenowski is an above average right guard. You have those three guys and a very elite running back when healthy in Saquon Barkley. So, you include all those things, and there's no reason why the Giants can't have at least a decent run game next year. I don't see why not. Of course, comparing the passing offense is difficult when you have a Josh Allen-type quarterback, but run game-wise, I don't know why the Giants can't be you know, at least league average next year in terms of an explosive running football team. Next, we have play action pass attempts. Of course, you know, quarterbacks going from play action, it sometimes gives them more time. It does correlate with having a good running game for the most part. And if the Giants can have a good running game, which I expect them to have at least a decent one, as I mentioned before, um, that should help Daniel Jones have more time to throw. Now, the Bills in 2021 had 196 play action pass attempts. That was first in the NFL by 21. That was a lot. So obviously the Bills relied heavily on that. The 2021 Giants, they had a lot, 142, but that was 10th in the NFL and almost 50 less than the Buffalo Bills last year. So if you give Daniel Jones some play action opportunities and let's say Saquon Barkley is running the ball for 4.3, 4.4, 4.5 yards per carry, it's going to give him more opportunities to scan the field, look downfield, pass deep to Wandale Robinson or Kenny Galladay and give the Giants more deep opportunities. A lot of times, some of these play callers are kind of hesitant to pass the ball downfield, and maybe Jason Garrett was a victim of this in correlation with Daniel Jones having you know problems protecting the ball, but part of the problem could have been that Jason Garrett just flat out did not rely on his offensive line for the Giants to hold up for two or three seconds and give Daniel Jones that time to pass the ball downfield. I don't think that's an excuse personally. We saw the uh, Bengals last year had plenty of big plays despite their offensive line being terrible. We saw that same thing with Derek Carr and the um, and the almost at Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. So having a bad offensive line is not the entire reason why you should take away all explosive passing plays, but it probably plays into it a bit, especially for a guy like Jason Garrett, who had more of an old school approach. So the Giants having more play action pass attempts, hopefully with Brian Dable next year, that will help Daniel Jones push the ball downfield. Now here's an interesting stat. This is from Pro Football Reference. Yards before catch per reception based on teams. So the 2021 Bills had 6.5 yards before catch. That was second best in the NFL. And the 2021 Giants had 5.3 yards before catch. That was 27th best in the NFL. And what this stat will tell you is basically how much they're pushing the ball downfield. Like, where are these receivers catching the ball? Are they catching the ball more times closer to the line of scrimmage or more down the field? Obviously, 6.5 to 5.3 is not much of a difference in terms of yards, but when you average it out, it is a big difference because the Bills were second best in the NFL in this category, and the Giants were bottom five at 27th best in the NFL. So, 
Obviously, with the Bills, they had a lot of opportunities to push the ball downfield with Josh Allen being a great passer downfield and having a great arm. But as Giants fans, we know Daniel Jones can lay out a nice deep ball. No, he does not have the arm strength or arm talent that Josh Allen has. But if you give Daniel Jones time to throw a deep ball, he can do it and put it in a good spot most times or more times than not. So I am confident with that. Now for RPO pass attempts, we'll see if the Giants want to do this next year. Josh Allen has done a good job for the Bills staying healthy. Daniel Jones. Jones has not been able to stay healthy for the Giants. He's been hurt in all of his first three years with the Giants. 2019, it was the ankle injury. 2020 was the hamstring slash ankle, I believe. And last year, Daniel Jones had the neck injury, of course. So he has not been able to stay healthy. And we'll see if Brian Dable wants to have Daniel Jones use his legs. I assume he does because if I'm Brian Dable, I'm looking at it this way. Daniel Jones is not under a massive contract. He has one year left on his deal. The Giants declined this fifth-year option, which was the right thing to do, in my opinion. There's no reason why you shouldn't just push Daniel Jones to the absolute limit. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's no, like, protecting Daniel Jones. I know you're not going to put him in harm's way purposely, but this is not like protecting Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen under a big contract. This is not that situation. Like, for instance, with the contract the Browns gave um, Deshaun Watson, which was like a six-year deal, like a ridiculous amount of um, guaranteed money, you're not going to put that guy in harm's way. I'm sure the Browns don't want to have Deshaun Watson running into linebackers and safeties. But for the Giants, when you have a one-year commitment to Daniel Jones and he has to prove himself in year four, I don't think they're going to care. If Daniel Jones is okay with running, which I'm sure he will be, the guy's got a lot of guts, I will say that, then Daniel Jones should be on the move next year. But anyway, RPO pass attempts. The 2021 Bills had 197 of them. That was fourth best or fourth most in the NFL. And the 2021 Giants actually had 105. That was 11th in the NFL. So I know 4th to 11th is not that much of a difference, but the Bills almost had 100 more RPO pass attempts. Now, of course, this is going to help having Saquon Barkley next to you, having good receivers in the intermediate game, guys that can create yards after the catch, and talking about Kadarius Toney specifically, even Wandale Robinson, those type of guys are some of the best yards after catch receivers in the NFL. I don't want to put that label on Robinson just yet because he has not played a snap in the NFL yet, but we know based on what he did at Kentucky, he can do it. Now, Kadarius Tony last year, in terms of yards per routes he ran, you know, Kadarius Tony was very effective last year, especially in the uh, intermediate game and making guys a miss. So, Kadarius Tony can definitely do that. So, the RPO offense for the Giants, it might be something they want to do. And I'm sure Brian Dable, based on the amount of attempts he had for the Bills last year with their offense, they're going to do it. And, you know, the Josh Allen to Daniel Jones comparison, it does make sense in some points based on the you know, height and weight of Daniel Jones and Josh Allen and those guys being able to use their legs. I mean, this is an instance where I don't really see why the Giants would go away from it. I really don't see a reason why not whatsoever. So if you're Brian Dable next year, I expect the Giants to have a good amount of RPO plays, but we'll see what happens. But once again, if I'm Brian Dable, I'm pushing Daniel Jones to the absolute limit because you don't have any commitment to him going forward. If Daniel Jones happens to go out there and get hurt again this year, then, like, it is what it is. The guy's an injury-prone quarterback. Like, that, the Giants don't really have anything owed to Daniel Jones after this year. So if Daniel Jones happens to run the ball over 100 times this year but happens to get hurt, then you know what? So be it. Like, I don't think the Giants should limit their offensive playbook because they are concerned about Daniel Jones getting hurt again. Like, if it happens, it happens. And now you have a, a good backup in Tyrod Taylor if it does happen. So anyway... 
Last stat I wanted to go over here, intended air yards per pass attempt. This is the big one. This will show you how much the offenses of these teams wanted to push the ball down the field. The 2021 Bills had 8.2 air yards per pass attempt. That was sixth most in the NFL. The 2021 Giants had 7.3 intended air yards per pass attempt. That was 26th in the NFL. So of course, a big difference there once again. It's less than a yard, but in terms of you know, 1 to 32 in terms of NFL teams, it's a big difference. So the Bills offense, yes, I get the context of it. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, it's it's much better than what the Giants had last year. But Brian Dable and his offense did show the ability based on the intended air yards that they want to push the ball downfield. So I am not expecting the Giants to be top five in that category, but it should be a whole lot better than being ranked 26th in the NFL like they were last season. So the reason I'm putting all these stats out there and going over these numbers is I'm saying like expect some change like this is not going to be the Giants offense we saw the past couple years once again I am not expecting the Giants to be in that upper echelon top five even top 10 in terms of offensive efficiency and scoring but the Giants I don't think will be bottom five anymore I, I don't see that happening I think the Jason Garrett days of putting up very embarrassing offensive numbers are over um, you know last year it was crappy because the Giants had just fired Jason Garrett right after the bye week and then Daniel Jones got hurt in the first quarter of the next game basically so we did not get to see what uh, Daniel Jones looked like under Freddie Kitchens for a extended period of time so that sucked so hopefully this year we get to see Daniel Jones with you know a much longer leash and I think Brian Dable said that based on the quote we went over earlier and Brian Dable has said other things of course about just giving Daniel Jones more opportunities to push the ball downfield and just play more free. So hopefully we do see that. And based on these numbers from what we saw with the Bills last year, I do expect the Giants to be a better offense, right? That's like no kidding. Of course it's going to happen. But um, I hope the Giants can be realistically, if I were to sit here and say like, what are the you know, what's the realistic, uh, I guess, optimistic view for the Giants offense next year is to be somewhere from that 15 to 20 range. Like, I, I, I don't think this team has the weapons to be like great and I don't think Daniel Jones is like a top half quarterback in the league either right now so it's tough to like put a, a high expectation on this but if the Giants can be somewhere from like the 15 to 20 range in terms of NFL teams and scoring I'm all right with that because this defense hopefully is going to be fine I mean they did add some talent of course with Kayvon Thibodeau um, I know they lost James Bradbury of course but they should have a better pass rush I guess at best I could see the offense ranking from like 10 to 15 but like I think my realistic expectation is somewhere from 15 to 20 so we'll see how it plays out but once again the Giants offense next year just going over it right now Daniel Jones who last time he was unleashed had the 24 touchdowns and probably more I think he had a couple rushing touchdowns that year as well he had a couple versus Tampa even so um, 24 plus touchdowns in his rookie year in 12 games Saquon Barkley one healthy in my opinion is still a top 10 running back in football the Bills once again were fourth best in explosive run plays last year and they did not have that great of an offensive line. It was about league average. So the Giants hopefully can do some of that. You have Kenny Galladay, who, look, a guy who had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons with the Lions and Matthew Stafford, led the league in touchdowns one of those years. He's a good receiver. The Giants, of course, did not use him the right way last year. Hopefully him and Daniel Jones have more chemistry in year two. Kadarius Toney, 
gotta stay on the field, right? That's number one, of course. He's had a lot of injuries so far, some off the field stuff that's not too serious, but I just hope Kadarius Tony could play this year all 17 games because I do think that kick can put up some very good numbers if he does stay out there. Wandale Robinson, the slot receiver, I mean, he could be electric, of course, another yards after catch type guy. Sterling Shepard, I have no idea what to expect. I do not have many expectations from him, but if he produces anything, that would be great. We know what Shep brings to the table, a very good run blocker as well. Daniel Bellinger at tight end, Ricky Seals-Jones, Jordan Akins, guys like that. They might have some big plays here and there. I like Daniel Bellinger. I think Bellinger should be the tight end one to start the year. We'll see how he does in camp and all that, but Bellinger is an exciting player. A better offensive line, of course, for this team with Evan Neal at right tackle, Glowinski at right guard, probably, I almost said Jalapio, um, Feliciano at center, left guards are wait and see. I mean, we did see, I think, during OTAs, they had Shane Lemieux out there, which is pretty surprising to me. We'll see how that plays out, but Andrew Thomas at left tackle as well. This offensive line, it's not going to be amazing, but like, it should be a lot better than what we saw the last couple of years, even the past five or seven years, I should say, but, um, and even better play callers. Brian Dable and Mike Kafka compared to Jason Garrett, it should be a night and day difference, so once again, you have to look at who the quarterback quarterback is a lot is on Daniel Jones's plate here and I do think Daniel Jones will have a decent year next year I think Daniel Jones will put up somewhere from around 25 passing touchdowns and you know hopefully 3,800 passing yards and, and kind of limit the turnovers in a way but I don't expect Daniel Jones to have another like atrocious season I just don't see it happening like I am not the biggest Daniel Jones believer or truther out there but this is a good offense for quarterbacks we saw what Brian Dable did with Josh Allen not to say Daniel Jones is Josh Allen I do not think that whatsoever but this is a good opportunity for a young quarterback. I mean, Daniel Jones has had three coaches in four years. That's the tough part. But looking at the situation, the, the names I just read off on this list, having weapons like Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony, Wandale Robinson, an offensive line that has two really good young tackles, a good right guard now. This is not a terrible situation for this young quarterback anymore. We can't use the environment excuse for Daniel Jones going forward a lot of this now relies on Daniel Jones himself. So it's either sink or swim time and we'll see what he does. I hope for the best, of course. I mean, there's so many arguments on Twitter about people rooting against Daniel Jones and I just cannot stand it anymore. Um, I think the way I summed it up on Twitter and I think you know a lot of people agreed with this, which is very rare for me. A lot of times when I put out a controversial Giants take, it's like you have one half of the fan base versus the other. But pretty much the way I put it was Daniel Jones is going to be this Giants quarterback next year. You might as as well root for him I don't see the point in rooting against him rooting for failure I, I just don't see the point like we're all Giants fans root for the best right like what's what's the worst that could happen here you know what I mean like there's just no reason to you know prey on somebody's downfall that wears the uniform that you root for I just don't see the point in that so you know for the people that don't think he's that great just root for the guy, right? He plays for your team. And for those who think he's going to be really good and turn his career around and have a great season, you don't have to be so sensitive about it when somebody thinks otherwise. Like, I'm a person that I'm a very realistic fan for the most part. I don't expect Daniel Jones to have a fantastic year next year. It doesn't mean I'm a hater or I want the guy to fail. It's just like, look, that that's just how it is. You ask any other fan from the 31 other fan bases what their expectations for Daniel Jones are next year, and they're probably not going to be that bullish on the idea of Daniel Jones having a 35 touchdown year next year. So 
that's just the honest truth. But yeah, there's no point rooting against guys on your team. I don't really, I don't think many people do that in the first place. I think I think it gets overblown and people kind of do that for likes and clout, but whatever. Anyway, we'll see how next year's offense plays out. I am kind of excited for it in a way, I guess cautiously excited. I know cautiously optimistic is a real term. I don't know if cautiously excited is a real thing, but that's kind of what I am for this offense. But once again, I could see a world where they are somewhere from that 10 to 20 range in terms of scoring. So yes, it sucks to sit here and hope that our offense is league average, but at the end of the day, after being bottom five the past couple of years, bottom three, maybe even the worst offense in football the past couple of years, being league average would be a whole lot different and a whole lot better than what we've seen here recently. So anyway, that's going to do it for the video. Leave in the comments, what are your expectations for this Giants offense next year? Do you expect Daniel Jones to bounce back and kind of recapture some of that rookie season minus the turnovers? Do you expect Kadarius Tony to be out there for most of the uh, games this year? Things like that. But anyway, hope you guys enjoyed, and I'll talk to you guys next time.